Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss Yummy the Squeakle. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. Now, before we start this episode, I gotta point out something. I gotta fact check you here, Tyler. Which is, um, this cinematic universe, we went to Spunk this week. Excuse me. Sue. Sue. Sue, formerly known as Spunk. Spunk. <laughs> so, we're in a little different cinematic universe for now. We saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage. But first, as we always do when we go to the movies, we gotta talk about the trailers we got. And say if we're gonna see the movie. Now, Tyler, I see that you got a trailer that I didn't get, and I got a trailer that you didn't get. So, yep. what did you think of the trailer for Lamb? Are you going to go see Lamb? No. 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 The, the body of a child with the head of a sheep is the stuff of nightmares. Um, It's the kind of movie that I expect a four to make, but <laughs> it's something I'm not going to see. So, uh, what about you? Have you seen I, I, the trailer? I got the trailer when I saw Titan uh, on Saturday, which I saw after Venom uh, left to be Carnage. Um, and uh, I don't know. The thing is, it's the type of movie that I actually would be down to see any other time. But October is so packed of movies for me. Mm. So I'm actually going to go to a couple of film festivals, too, in the next few weeks. And the idea of me seeing Lamb when, like, you know, we got No Time to Die. We got Dune coming out, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And then we also got, like, uh, How- well, no, I don't know about Halloween. But we also have like the French Dispatch, and uh, which is the new Wes Anderson movie we got last night. So, which is new Edgar Wright movie. There's a lot of movies coming out that I want to see. Yeah. In addition to the festival movies, I'm going to see. So, they gave me going to see Lamb is kind of like. But if it like had come out last month, I would have seen it because not much was out last month. But yeah, their their own fault, I guess. You know? <laughs> uh, like yeah, it's on them. Uh, you want to ask me about the trailer? I got that you didn't. Yeah. What'd come you on, get, Tyler? I got the Kingsman. Uh, it was the Kingsman. I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. You know, that's the thing too. Is that's a movie where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'd see if it was coming out at a time when, like, you know, the Matrix wasn't coming out. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, uh, not that like you, you know, I see multiple movies all the time. But it's like it's not gonna be a top priority for me this Christmas. Also, of all the Oscar movies coming out around that time. Was it that right, now again? Was it the same? Time? Was was the Kingsman trailer the same trailer that's? confusing to anyone that's never seen a kingsman film before i don't know this was actually a trailer though there's a couple yeah because it wasn't a talking head one i was impressed that i got an actual trailer i would say though because i recently i've been rewatching the bond movies Mm -hmm. the craig bond movies and uh it's weird to imagine well ray fiends is in the colin firth role in the new kingsman movie and it's just kind of funny me it's coming out around the same time as no time to die where you know he's m in the bond movies nowadays so but anyway, we got to go rapid fire now. We got to yep. go rapid fire on these trails. Halloween kills. Nope. Uh, Maybe, you know, like maybe. I don't know. And then maybe. This is the format. Okay. No time to die. Yes. I was going to make a joke prob- about having all the time to watch it. But anyways. No time. What? Well, yeah. you're going to do a lot of time to watch because it it's three hours long. Um, <laughs> Did you not know that? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> it's it's okay. It is two hours and 45 minutes, but with trailers, it's going to be a three hour long experience. Yeah, yeah, uh, well. Yeah, uh, we'll probably do a green room on that. Um, 
Eternals. Will we see Eternals? Yeah. Yeah, probably. This rumor is that one's long too, but not as long. Um, the rumored runtime currently is uh, two hours and thirty six minutes, which is long, but like I'll take appropriately it. Long. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll allow it. That's probably like what fifteen minutes of credits anyway. So, so, <laughs> um, Dune. Yes. Yeah, we'll see Dune. I think we've got Dune at all the trailers we've gone to, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this podcast, I think we've got a trailer for Dune. At every I will say, movie. I will say that. A uh, quick note: I will say that the more that I see trailers for Dune, I'm like, I don't know. I get less hype for the move for the movie, but I think it's because I've to... seen the same trailer over and over again. You know what's the opposite of that to me? There's two movies. One is The Matrix Resurrections, which like obviously like that's an amazing trailer. Uh, but the other one is, I don't know if you've got on this trail yet, but House of Gucci, which is probably going to be terrible, but it looks like a fun terrible. I don't mm. know if you know what that is. I've, I've um, not seen it. It's a Lady Gaga movie. Ridley Scott's directing. Uh, she plays the wife of Gucci. Uh, and it's the true story about how she uh, manipulated her way to the top of the family after marrying into it. Um, mm. But it's a really good trailer. Uh, hopefully you get it when you see No Time to Die or Eternals or something. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Spider-Man Into the Home. Uh, yes. We're going to see it. I will say the trailer actually played to me a lot better on the big screen as, than it did at home. Personally, I got a hype again at the end, even though I'm like, this, you remember how I was like, this looks gross. Ugh. Yeah. But on the big screen, it was like, oh, but I'm still excited. Well, <laughs> so. I, I will say that uh, the the theater that I saw, um, that I saw Venom at had this trailer and it made like my TV did a better job had uh, presenting this trailer than what, oh, than that's what the movie theater did. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, but, I want to ask uh, you more about that, but let's finish our rapid, because I know you had a rant about trailers you wanted to give. Well, yeah. Let's finish with our last trailer we got, which was uh, what I'm calling Ghostbusters Advanced. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, why are you calling it Ghostbusters Advanced? Because someone, I have friends, you know, we we are lazy. We talk in, uh, what do you call it, acronyms. So like No Time to Die is NTTD. Uh, and for Ghostbusters, they decided to call it GBA. Why it's that when Ghostbusters is one word is beyond me, but also GBA is the Game Boy Advance. So after I read that, I'm like, okay, well, this is Ghostbusters Advance now. So I, it's actually Ghostbusters Afterlife. I, so. I appreciate that. Thank you. Being I try it. Being someone <laughs> who who uh, grew up. With the Ghostbusters, with the Ghostbusters Advance, <laughs> with playing Pokemon on my Ghostbusters Advance, um, yeah, with uh, the Game Boy Advance coming out, yeah, childhood. Yeah. So what about what, what about Ghostbusters? Um, I actually think this is the first time that I've seen this trailer, um, and I think that I'll actually go go see this. I'm not too hot on the original Ghostbusters films. It's more like there's just a nostalgia, which I talked about way back when we talked about um, the 80s episode with WandaVision. I talked about how I've got this nostalgia for 80s things because my parents both like uh, I, I watched, you know, the films that they uh, grew up watching, which were more of like the 80s films, you know. So whenever I was yeah. young, I was watching those films. And so I've got that nostalgia for um, for 80s films and. Uh, so that's what I think more of like with like Ghostbusters, but this one, yeah, yeah, I think I'll I'll go see this one. What about you? My thing with this trailer is, well, 
I'll probably see because I see everything, right? That's that's really it. Uh, as for if I'm excited for it, I am not. Uh, I think, well, two things. I think my hot take, I always drop at parties because it always starts a conversation. It's that I think the Ghostbusters 2016 is the best Ghostbusters movie. Now, I understand that a lot of people are probably mad at me for saying that. My argument is, is that I think, to be clear, I think both 2016 and the original Ghostbuster movies are three out of five movies. It's more fun to pretend, not pretend, because I do actually enjoy watching the 2016 one more, but they're really on the same level, right? It's just more fun to come to a party like, yeah, the best Ghostbusters movie is the 2016 one, because it always gets people mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it always starts out, like, I've, I've been called like, you. that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard <laughs> when I said that at a party, and I'm like, well, it's true, and then I just walk away. It's always, it's, it's a good way to do it. Um, but my other thing with this trailer is, um, I'll just, the problem with the trailer is, can be summed up in one, one word, which is, well, two words. It's a music choice. I guess that's three words, but why is the trailer for a Ghostbusters movie set to generic epic music? Where's the Ghostbusters theme song? Where is the comedy in this trailer? That is my issue with it. It looks like generic Spielberg-esque thing yeah and like ghostbusters shouldn't be that ghostbusters is ghostbusters is a comedy and yeah that's where i'm at on it but if you want to see it good on you it doesn't look like a fun time to me i will probably still see it because i (laughs) see everything (laughs) so all right well, I think it's time. Wait, but what is your trailer rant? You told me you had a trailer rant for this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's that. So, like. Everyone talked through the trailers. Like, I saw saw this in a theater that was probably the most. I say the most packed of movies that I've seen, you know, since the pandemic and well um this movie did break the pandemic record yes 90 million dollars this weekend yeah which it did. i'm sure we'll report on more when we cover the news eventually but yeah venom venom uh <laughs> let there be carnage on the box office am i right anyway go on <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh yeah about about that it it amazes me that people compare the box office for Black Widow and Let There Be Carnage. And I'm like, okay, but also Black Widow opened dual streaming and like just putting salt on the wound. (laughs) The thing of uh, also with Let There Be Carnage's box office, and I can get into this now very quickly, is that I think it performed about as like, I don't think, I think most people, as someone who like follows box office, I would say pre-pandemic, most people were expecting Venom 2 to just match the first one mm. or do like a little less. Yeah. The fact that it did more means it beat the expectation that was prior to the pandemic of how well it would do. So that to me means it did like it, that's what's cool to me. It made yeah. probably as much as it would have without a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe which, it would have made like 110 million, which would have been insane to me. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> like, um, What's interesting is I also saw, um, of course, this might be outdated by the time this episode out, but No Time to Die is apparently tracking for $100 million, which I would be very surprised if it made, because I think Venom appeals actually more to, like, younger people than Bond does. Yeah. And moreover, Skyfall only made $88 million, and I 
I feel like Skyfall's hype was like unimaginable. Like the hype for that movie was huge. I remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So we'll see if it does like, do 100 million. I think that has to do with like the lack of movies out. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Go on, sorry. My my quick trailer rant is uh, so we're the previews. You know it it gets a little bit darker in the movie theater to signal that like the trailers are gonna start. So we start watching the trailers and everyone's still talking except when l- the trailer for lamb comes on everyone gets quiet <laughs> and that's the one that everyone got quiet on and i was like okay everyone's gonna be quiet and you know it'll it'll be like we'll be quiet for the rest of the time i can enjoy the rest of the trailers afterwards even though i really wasn't in- i had seen all the trailers beforehand and then like the one trailer i didn't see before lamb was the Halloween kills. And I was like, Oh, I'm not interested in this one anyways. So, um, so anyways, so then after lamb finishes, everyone starts talking and someone goes, no, I think I might want to see that. That looks interesting. And I'm like, like, okay, okay. Um, so I think uh, there's an interesting point to be made in everyone getting quiet for lamb is that that's the one no one would have looked up online. Yeah, you know, like yeah. no time that like all these other ones are blockbusters. Yeah, and that and that's um, kind of, that's kind of my my point is that yeah we like there's no exclusivity with trailers to move to movie theaters anymore because of the internet of how accessible you know these trailers are and theaters aren't. It's not like we're just putting a small little teaser out on youtube and then we're getting a full trailer when we go see a movie and to me the trailers used to be like a part of that was part of the movie experience you know and and now that's now with the how readily available they are to just consume at home it's kind of taken away from from that well i i want to say give a quick story because i told you a story about this is that you say there aren't theaters now, this is a very niche thing. Let me be clear. Um, are you aware of the director, Paul Thomas Anderson? Yes. Um, does that name ring a bell? Yeah. Okay. So he has a new movie coming out called Licorice Pizza. Um, I know it's a weird title, but yep. it makes sense. Trust me. Do you know? Do you, are you aware of this movie? I'm, a, or, I'm aware of the existence of it. I don't know much beyond the name of it. Yeah. Well, it's named Licorice Pizza because there's a record store in California in the 80s or 70s, whenever this takes place called licorice pizza where the joke was is that it was hard to sell the records because it was like selling licorice pizza that's like why it was called oh okay pizza, the record store um it's not actually about licorice on a pizza uh to me that's that's my point but anyway um so the trailer released very suddenly um in california in front of uh i think it was a screening i don't know it was some 35 millimeter screening at a art house theater and then it got released around the U.S. slowly at art house theaters, like, and then it just went online last week. So I saw the trailer. I actually went to the music box. You know, we're we're big friends of the music box here, mm-hmm. chance. And I went to the music box to see this. Um, I saw a western, I believe it was called Destry Rides Again. Can't remember that. Yeah, that was the first one I saw. It. I got out of two movies, but I went to see Destry Rides Again, almost exclusively for the fact that they said they're gonna have the licorice pizza trailer in front of it. It was really funny because um, half, you could tell half the audience, people my age or younger, were there for the Licorice Pizza trailer. And then they stuck around for the Western afterwards. The other half of the audience were like seniors, like people in their 60s and up, who were clearly there to watch a Jimmy Stewart Western. <laughs> like, And they're like, why is everyone here getting quiet for this trailer? But it was the only place you could see the trailer. And it was really cool to see that. Um, 
and like like that was cool and i would like more things like that um i remember the big deal as a kid was like the pixar trailer you know like how they always put out a trailer for a movie that would come out like a year or a year and a half in the future yeah it would have nothing to do with the movie it would just like reveal what the concept was so it was like mr incredible putting on a bet like that was the teaser yeah um and for me, I get what you're saying, but I also just like, I'm usually on my phone during trailers and I've seen them already. There's only like a couple trailers out right now I'll actually pay attention to every time, mainly, as I've said, House of Gucci and The Matrix Resurrections. Both of those are really like, I'm always like, ooh, this looks good to me. And I, to be, again, clear to the listeners who might have seen the House of Gucci trailer, I think House of Gucci is probably going to be terrible, but I think I'm going to enjoy watching it. That, that, but I, and I think it's a good trailer. Um, there's also a few other trailers I like watch to make fun of, like the last Duel trailer. Um, but really, like, the Eternals trailer, I just completely shut it off right now. Like, when it pops up, I'm like, okay. Uh, actually, funny story is a kid in my audience said, it was like, and the trailer ended, and like, you know, the Eternals title appeared. This kid next to me goes, before the line is said, goes, Fall Collection, Ikea. And then <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry says it. I was like, this is amazing. This trailer's been everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also the issue right now, too, is like, Look at, like, the slate we got. I'm looking at it. Eternals. Trailers have been out forever. Dune and No Time to Die. They've been advertised since before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home is really the only one of these that is, like, a new, new movie. Yeah. And even then, like, you know, the internet, like, broke over that trailer. So everyone right. saw that trailer online. So I kind of get it. I, I'd be curious if when you see No Time to Die or Dune and we get, like, the Matrix trailer, if you get a similar reaction to that. Because the two times I got that in the theater, the audience has been very quiet during it. Because that really hasn't been advertised much. And it's also a really, like, that trailer plays great on the big screen. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was, like, Shang, the Shang-Chi trailer on the big screen. Like, that trailer was fantastic. Like, uh, did I see that? If, no, yeah, I saw Probably the Shang- a Black Widow. I saw the, I saw the Shang-Chi trailer. Um... Yeah, I think when when I saw saw Black Widow, and I think I got it with uh, um, that Quiet the Green Place. Night? Quiet Place. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The trailer was out already. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it, yeah, I it, just think it was it was really good. But yeah, I I think the issue has just also been like <sighs> the Eternals trailer is just over. All these trailers are overexposed, with the exception of maybe Spider Man and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because um, yeah. the Venom trailer was in the place of those too. And I guess the Halloween Kills one was new for me, but also you don't like Halloween, so it makes sense. Anyway, we can move on to talking about the movie. Yeah. Like, I think it's interesting to talk. Well, I do think it's interesting to it talk about trailers. You think yeah. about it. You think about it. We went a full year, really, without getting trailers from us. I, I went to the movies. But most people went a full year without getting any trailers of the movie. Now they're going back to the movies. It's like, oh, yeah, trailers exist. So I get that people may have forgotten the etiquette, or if there even was etiquette for trailers. So I get. I think it's interesting to discuss. But we do should we should talk about Venom. Yeah, we need, so, we need to talk about Venom. <laughs> we need to... <laughs> spoiler alert. From this point on, we will discuss the. L- I was going to say the latest episode. Uh, we will discuss Venom. Let there be carnage and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not address any leaks. But if our speculations align, it's purely a coincidence. Now let's get into Venom. Let there be carnage. Now, what are your general thoughts on, as I've written down in the notes? Yep. The motion picture event. (laughs) 
this movie is so much fun. It achieves everything it sets out to do in its hour and 36 minutes runtime. The film does not set out to be anything more than what it is, and it does not attempt to attribute a grandiose status to itself. Although the execution lacks in several spots of the film, each of those incidents are tagged to one character and could easily be cleaned up by a simple script change and character removal. Uh, This film and Danny shakes his head. Uh, this film easily earns four stars out of five. And if your judgment of this film, <laughs> wait, 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 I want to. Can I? Sorry, I'll let you finish. Let, let me say my that. fighting words. Okay. <laughs> this film easily earns four stars out of five. And if your judgment of this film gives it less than three stars, you're thinking too much into it. Now, I, I want to point out something here. Uh-huh. Before I give my response, which is that as a reminder for Tyler's past greats, he gave Mowgli <laughs> a 3.5 out of 5, and he gave Shang-Chi, if I remember right, you said 4.5 last week, but you said 4 on the initial podcast. Did I really? Yeah, if I remember right. So I'm going to say 4.25 for Shang-Chi. I'm pretty sure so I gave it a 4.5 point... the whole oh, okay, way through. Fine. So yeah. this is point five less than Junchi. Do you stick by like is it that close? I, I'm very curious. Would you say these are close in quality? Going off of that, what did they? It says Southern Illinois University. What do they want? I'm not uh, talking they to them. Carnage. They, they <laughs> just take the phone <laughs> on the podcast. Like, just Hello, answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, First off, on my comments. Oh, sorry. Were you gonna actually respond? Yeah, I was. I was gonna defend my rating and just say I could not give it. It was better than Mowgli. I I will rewatch this. Like I'd go back and get another movie ticket to go see. What'd you give Venom one? What'd you give Venom one? I honestly don't remember because I'll be honest. I didn't rewatch Venom when we covered it on the podcast, which is why I was quiet that episode. (laughs) Danny's just like... Luke is going to be listening to this episode and he'll be like, I went out of my way to watch Venom so I could talk with these two guys and Tyler did not respect me enough watch it too i wow. did remember Luke's most never gonna i did come back i did remember most of the i mean film. it is a memorable movie it's a very it is very memorable <laughs> i did remember most of it but if you go back and listen to that episode there are parts where i where it's like danny said ask a question and i i like am glazed over like i'm just like huh and i address something else it's because i was not paying it to like well, I'll I have you know, know that movie. I just read the Wikipedia page for Venom on 3D Carnage. I didn't actually know. I saw the movie. I saw the trailers in front of it. That'd be really impressive if I came up like, oh, but I, if I was lying, I was like, but I did get the Kingsman trailer. You know, <laughs> like, like, you didn't get the Kingsman trailer. What's wrong with you? That would be pretty impressive. That would, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but I did see the movie. And first off, I got to say that you're being rude. Because I know you checked my letterbox and saw that I gave this a 2.5. <laughs> How dare you attack people give it a grade under 3. Uh, now, technically, I think this is a much better film than the first film, but I think the first film has a more of like a, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised that this movie is as weird as it is. So I think it, the first one is a bit more fun to me, especially because it is more like, in this case, you know, 
You can tell Andy Serkis and all the actors are on the same page as Tom Hardy this go around. Whereas the first one you could tell everyone else was Tom Hardy was in his own area and everyone else was just like, oh, okay, Tom. I guess we can't really tell you no, but we're going to still try to have this be serious. Um, but in this case, you know, everyone seems to be on the same page. So it's a little more fun, like internally as a filmmaking. Um, I think this movie makes a very big mistake that it separates Eddie and Venom for so long in the middle. However, it's made up by having these two actors who play the villains who have so much fun. You can tell they're having so much fun on set. It makes up for the lack of Hardy. I think they're the best parts of the movie. And I think I had very fun. I had a fun time with this movie. But I would say, like its predecessor, it's not a good movie. It's it's a fun one, but I would I can't call it good. The way I said it to Tyler over text was, um, I think Black Widow is a better made film. But if I had to rewatch one of them, I'd go like, yeah, I'll go see Venom again. You know? Yeah. All right, let's dig in. Now, Venom 2 doesn't really have a plot, so we're just going to talk about the character. <laughs> there, was, there was no plot. There was carnage. There wasn't a plot. <laughs> All right. Our first character is Eddie. Mm. Eddie Block. Hello, my name's Eddie Block. With the Eddie Block report. Like my Eddie voice. I have impressions of every character in this movie. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Eddie... Do we want to talk about Venom at the same time? It's kind of hard to talk about the two. Yeah. They are different characters. Let's be clear. They yeah. are different characters. But they are symbiotes. Uh, so we all, we're all talking about Venom. Yummy. <laughs> so, okay. So I do like that it's been a year between Venom and Venom 2. Um, and. I like that Eddie does hold not... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to redo that. Because you said Venom too. Show some respect. Venom let Venom, there be, let there be carnage. Um, <laughs> go on, go on. So, <laughs> so I like that Eddie and Venom don't have this whole thing figured out. I like that they're, that they're still having conflict. Like Venom's like, come on, I want to go eat... I need brains. I I want to go eat these. You say conflict, but it's really just I want to eat. And humans. Eddie and Eddie's Eddie's like no 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 we can't you know we can't do this and he's still he's still okay well well no is, it's true but it's like when you put it into words it's such a ridiculous plot. It is. Like, no, mean, you can't eat humans. You can't be a cannibal, but I want to eat brains. <laughs> so that's 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 what it is <laughs> i mean it is uh i i do love i do love the like why don't you eat the chickens no i can't because they're my friends <laughs> i i do love that um situational humor is something that both of the venom films um play with really well and we still have that with what are you laughing Sorry. at? Sorry. I just remember I just remember great moments like Ali makes a big deal off, don't break my TV, it's really expensive. And then like two scenes later, he's bought a new TV. Yeah. That looks exactly the same as the last one. <laughs> Go yeah. on. Sorry. I just remember that. He also he also okay, yeah. That was something that I thought I was like, wait a minute. Because he said that's a two thousand dollar TV. And then he goes out and he buys another two thousand dollar TV. I'm like, TV. I'm like, you have you have just two thousand dollars sitting back, but 
you I don't know. Like he was like, man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to to make to make money to make it big. Uh, yeah. So anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I like that Eddie and Venom still haven't figured things out just yet. Sorry about um, that. Because, that's OK, <laughs> because it's it has only been a year. Um, it's been much longer than that for for us, you know, but in the SSU, it's only been a year between these two films and uh, the Sisu, formerly known as Spunk. Uh, it's only been a year and they're still figuring things out. And I appreciated you know, that's, that. That's interesting. Considering the post credit scene also lands us in our 2019, but in the MCU's 2023. Yes. Good thing we gave that spoiler alert. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, go on. <laughs> go on. Well, and yeah, uh, I'll talk more on like timelines when we get to talking about the post credits. Um, but uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. I like, yeah, I like that Eddie's still trying to figure things out. Um, but Venom, Venom brings, Venom stabilizes his life. And oddly enough, um, they're and, incredibly codependent. Yeah, they are incredibly uh, codependent. And I think like this film, they, they separate at a time. And that was nice having, like Eddie was it's a very rom-com structure. Yeah. Like, yeah. They they break up and they come back together at the end. And I and like I like that they is, is. I like I like that they split up rather than the whole oh we have this whole thing figured out and we just need to go fight the bad guy. I think it um, lasts too long is the issue. Gotcha. It lasts and we don't get a lot of them working together. Which is part of the fun part of the first movie. Gotcha. That's really my biggest issue with the movie is like there's a solid twenty five minute chunk of the film where I'm counting only their scenes. So it's longer than that because we cut to the villains doing it too, and they're doing their own thing. Yeah. Where Venom and Eddie are separate, and although the Venom stuff is very fun, the Eddie stuff is kind of boring. Um, but the Venom stuff is like <laughs> it is good. <laughs> it is, I'm giving like. Some people don't want aliens in this country. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like are you, I literally was like, "Oh my gosh, this is happening right now." Also, movie. you just think about it. <laughs> Venom was okay. How responsible of it was for Eddie to just let Venom run around the town, essentially killing people because yes, everyone dies. Exactly, <laughs> everyone that Venom was with. They died. Besides so, Mrs. Chen. Besides, besides Mrs. Chen. Yeah. Mrs. Chen is okay. So I, yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, yeah, it's funny with all the stuff that he's doing, but we didn't stick around those those hosts that Venom, like when Venom changed hosts, we don't see oh, that prior host. Oh, we do see host. a couple of them. We yeah. do see a few of them die. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Just, that's true. Like, that's also what I like about this movie in a way is even more so than the first one. It really is like, it's it's casually brutal. Like, it's very like, oh, yeah, we just killed this guy. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and it's like, we're going to go back to the goofy Espe- Well, and espe- <laughs> especially when a uh, structure lands on a certain character later on in, in the film. You mean when they reenact Coco? The end of Coco? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that scene is very funny. I'll get into that scene when I get... It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. I really think it's so ridiculous. Um <laughs> Do you have, uh, I think, 
Yeah, I'll I'll just finish. I like that I like that they separated and they both realized we've got to be together. If this movie has any lesson, it is this very simple lesson of we're better off together. We're better off together than apart. Um and uh it's a rom-com. Yeah. It yeah, is, collab- it is, collaboration is I, key. <laughs> well, I want to point out something here, which is that um we avoid talking about this type of stuff on the podcast usually because we're not an authority on it. But Andy Serkis has said that he does view this movie as a romance between Eddie and Venom. We can view it that way if we want to or not. But the director does like did say like that was my perspective coming in on the film, so that's what I did, which I think is it's an interesting play. I, I think it's an interesting choice to take. Yeah. I, I it, it works. It works. It works. Like, yeah. Uh, and that's why at the end we get the "I love you" bit, and it's like, all right, like sure, like that's that's just cool. I thought the whole movie's like. Okay, sure. Like, why not? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it's I I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I I do wish there was more than the gather. I like the stuff at the beginning too, where he's like, "I'm a you're a loser." And he's like, "You're a loser." And their fight is so. We, I don't think we have that listed, but the fight. Oh, the, um, between yeah, that's probably the best set piece in the movie. Actually, is them fighting in the apartment. The apartment, yeah, uh, is it's yeah. pretty good section of the movie. Yeah, yeah, um. Also, the full scene from the trailer where he cooks him breakfast was good. I say neither. You say neither. You say neither. I say neither. <laughs> you say either. Tomato. <laughs> Potato. Either, 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 either. Ketchup. Um, Yummy. Venom is great. I love him. Uh, anyway, we can move on to uh, Cletus Cassidy, who I do want to talk about separate from Carnage. Yeah. Unlike Venom and Eddie. Um, well, well, because I yeah. like Cletus Cassidy a lot. I don't like Carnage a lot. Uh, I like Woody's performance here. It's the right amount of ham. Um, it's also weirdly very sweet. It's a very like nice per- like I I know judging off what you've said to me and what you've implied so far in this recording that you might have not been the biggest fan of Shriek, but I like the way they act together. I think they have a lot of chemistry. And I think Woody really sells the love. And I think it's interesting that, like, I think before we really get into talking about them in the movie, and this is what I texted you before, is I think, so when I was a kid, I had a Spider-Man encyclopedia. I didn't read the comics, but I had, the, I had an encyclopedia. And I remember, of course, reading about all the villains. And I remember the cool thing about Carnage was always... um the thing that made him different from Venom is Venom is a we, Carnage is an I. Carnage and Cletus Cassidy in the comics are so closely bonded that they view themselves as one entity. Uh, and that is absolutely not what they are in this movie. The difference is, though, is that I don't care if these Venom movies are accurate. Because I think Venom and Carnage are kind of stupid characters. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I think this is the adaptation they deserve. And I think it's the most entertaining adaptation they can get. So to me, it's just like, yeah, sure. Like I, I enjoy this version of Cletus, this, this, the PG 13 Cletus Cassidy. Cause he is such a P he is the most PG 13 serial killer. Yeah. Ever, right. Yeah. Yeah. He is uh, the guy who like writes over dramatic, uh, creepy letters to people and r- decides to paint a picture of where he buried the bodies in his cell. And then he goes, Hmm, let me go check that out. Oh, that was another great moment, too, by the way. Anytime it was just Venom controlling Eddie's hands, it was just very obviously fast. Yeah. <laughs> Sped up the video of him just do, like, 
uh, Tom Hardy just like flapping his arms a bit on a keyboard. <laughs> I like, yeah, good. I like when I like when Venom and Eddie play charades. It's basically charades when yeah. Venom is drawing, yeah, the location out. But Pictionary, uh, yeah, the Pictionary, yeah, not charades, <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, on, man. So no I mean games. charades. <laughs> I mean Venom and Eddie charades would be interesting, but um, maybe, maybe we'll get that in a sequel. Uh, yeah, Cletus Cassidy, I liked Woody Harrelson really, really brought it um, for, like you said, for a PG-13 serial serial killer. Um, he he played it out, I think, to the most extent that you you can for that, which this another title for this movie could have been Ham is on the menu. Because Tom Hardy's hamming it up. I uh, think what's his name? Woody Harrelson's hamming it up. And I Naomi Harris is hamming up awesome. too. Naomi might Harris not like does, her, but she's she does ham she's it up. Very with it. Yeah. Yeah. I even think Michelle Williams gets in on the hand this go around. Too, yeah. Yeah. I, the first movie. I liked her character we'll get to her. so much. We'll get yeah, to her. so much more this yeah. time around. Uh but yeah, yeah I did too. Cletus Cassidy was I liked I liked his arc. And I don't know if it's really an arc in this, but I like at the very end uh, when he when he's dying and uh, Venom and Eddie are talking and or Eddie's talking to to Cletus and Cletus is just like, I just wanted a friend, you know, and and it's kind of like, I like, OK, yeah, it's interesting to me. It also goes back to this thing. I think. Both the movies have elements to them that feel a little morally iffy, like just uh, and in this mm-hmm. is kind of like, I want you to feel bad for the serial killer who killed so many people. But then, of course, then I'm just falling up by eating him. So it's a little like I, I can be like, I, I'm like, OK, yes. like whatever. <laughs> like, I don't like again. It's kind of like what you were saying with the Marvel zombies episodes. Like, mm, yeah, I, I guess you could see it's a little bothersome, but also it's Venom. Like, who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and that's like. And that's what like what I'm saying about Woody Harrelson's performance here is that this is a guy that has killed so many, so many people. And he he kind of brags about it, like to Eddie and. uh and then and so you're like, yeah, he's getting his justice when, you know, when he's go uh, laying on the t- on the table for execution. And then it's like, oh, of course, well, he's the you know, he's he's the bad guy. And then at the very end, Woody Harrelson, I don't like. Woody Harrelson may he made this character who sh- shouldn't like, you know, morally the like the audience is sitting there like. Should we necessarily be like, oh, poor guy? But he's, you know, he's a serial killer. Oh, poor guy. I mean, it's, I don't know. I It's props to Woody Harrelson to be able to make the audience feel something for this man who's committed so many atrocities, you know? All right. So the issue, though, to me with him, it's not really with Cassidy, it's with Carnage. I think Carnage is, um, it's kind of what I was worried about when we talked about Venom 1. 
which is we already did a symbiote villain. Uh, and there's nothing really about Carnage that makes him special. Uh, he does do a cool, few cool stuff, but to me it was just kind of like, I don't know, like, it felt like I'd seen it before. And I also just think, like, in general, you know, big CGI fights don't really work for me anymore. Like, it was just CGI versus CGI, it's like, whatever. And of course that's what Carnage versus Venom has always even come down to. Um, and I also just felt like, it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's time for our um, weekly mention of The Last Jedi. Uh, it's kind of like how in The Last Jedi, you know, you can actually see Adam Driver's face. So you can actually see his acting. And then randomly in The Rise of Skywalker, they put him back in the mask and you can't see it at all. That's how I felt about Woody Harrelson's performance. I was like, yeah, I get... And unlike Tom Hardy, where Tom Hardy's doing so much with the voice work that it's still okay with Venom. And it's also because Venom's personality is so goofy that it's okay with... Carnage, I was like, no, go back to Woody. Like, go back to Cletus Cassidy. He had a personality. I don't think Carnage really does in this. Mm. Um, so that's where I was kind of with it. I was, I was okay with, uh, with Carnage, um, because he he was very much a Frankenstein's monster, um, and where he was like, I don't know what to do like how do i prove myself how do i you know what's my purpose um and he finds that his purpose is that he must destroy the one who came came before him um although that's really, not I, it's not well explained you know but yeah i don't mean to dismissive i didn't get that at all i just kind of get you know like them break them they break them out and he's Carnage. No, what? Cletus Cassidy's like, uh, I need you to help me break out my girlfriend. Uh, and then after that, we can kill the guy you want to kill. And the person they have to kill, all of them just so happen to be Venom, uh, Eddie, and uh, Mulligan, who we'll get to. You know, it's it's like, all right, so it's just convenience. Uh, to me, of the three villains, Carnage is the one who lacks any personality or anything really cool about him. Mm. Um, that was a little disappointing because the title of the movie was, of course, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, and I didn't really want there to be Carnage. Uh, I propose instead the film should have been titled Venom, Let There Be Shriek. Now, do we want to start with the negative, which is you, or do we want to start with the positive, which is me? Where do we want to start? You can start, and then I can tear it down. I, I think a better film, a better Venom trilogy would end with Carnage. I think Carnage is obviously your third movie. I think Shriek should have been the main villain for this movie. I think Naomi Harris is really good in this. She's very... she's um, She's got the ham going on, but there's a real... And this is going to sound very weird for me to say, but I think it's worth mentioning because of how, you know, if Andy Serkis views this film as a romance between Eddie and Venom... I think the romance between Cletus, Cassidy, and Shriek is very well done. Like, yeah, it's very Bonnie and Clyde, but that's fun. I can't think of a superhero movie that does the Bonnie and Clyde thing. And I felt the chemistry between them. They clearly, like, they're both clearly having such a fun, like Woody and Naomi Harris, clearly having such a fun time shooting their seats. Like, they were just, they were like, uh, they were like so over the top, but like having so much fun. I enjoyed it a ton. I also think Shriek, gives you an interesting challenge for Venom if Carnage wasn't there, you know, because her power is 
loud noise, which <laughs> you'll find out if you watch this movie because it's half of Dan's lines. Uh, fire and sound are the main, <laughs> <laughs> the main things that hurt a symbiote. Um, and so I think she's an interesting villain to just face off against Venom on her own or with a non-powdered Cletus Cassidy. Um, I, I propose that would have been a better movie, honestly. Um, that if Cletus had just been Cletus Cassidy at the end of this movie, at the end, he's apprehended and Shriek is killed and that turns him into Carnage for the next movie. Mm. Now, I understand people would have been annoyed that the post credit scene of the first movie has let there be Carnage and the second movie wouldn't have Carnage. <laughs> but um, I, I think it would have been a better choice. Now, granted, considering the post credit scene, I would be very surprised if Venom 3 continues the storyline of this world. Um, at least in a way with the characters we've seen so far. But if we were to do a Venom trilogy on its own without connecting it to any other franchise, I think that would have been the route to go. Um, and I think Naomi Harris is good in the role. Uh, if you say she's bad, I'm going to very fight on that. But I think she's she she understands the assignment, as people say nowadays. I think she and Harrelson both match Hardy in this movie with the level of cam and camp they're going for uh and i thought she was good uh what's my take i thought she was good yeah i think streak was the was the weak point of this script and it's not because the character is weak it's because the character doesn't fit into into this uh, story. And it's obvious with the way that that character dies. Like it's just kind of like <laughs> everything that happens with her at the, at the final scene in the, or at the final battle, everything that happens, it's all just side. It's side stuff. Like Dan is more front and center than she is. And, that I don't know. It it seemed that she well, she didn't even set I, well, up the Mulligan toxin she, villain. She's in but. the movie. She's in the movie, so that way Cletus Cassidy has a motivation that isn't just being a serial killer. Yeah. The caring you get about Cletus Cassidy is mostly because of his relationship with Shriek. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, he just wants a friend, but that's why he's motivated to save her. Yeah. And yes. I get that she doesn't really interact with Venom. <laughs> I want to talk about her death a bit before we move on. Because her death is really funny to me because of how it's set up. But I think... Yeah, I think there's issues with her. I think there's issues with the script in general. Um, but I don't think removing her makes the movie better. I think she brings up the best of Cletus Cassidy's character. See, um, Cletus... Like, okay, so so you said that Cletus... Oh, were you done? Ah, I was done for now. I okay. do want to talk about her death before we move on. Yeah, to we, Anna, yeah, we will. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Cletus, Cletus doesn't necessarily need the need the romance, the motivation. Like he doesn't need Shriek to be that external factor for him to continue forward. Because when he, while he was still in in prison, uh, he uh, that's when he gets the carnage symbiote that's when him and carnage really become you know become one and then carnage be 
becomes from then on, Carthage could become the one that's the deciding factor to I have I need to go out and uh you know like I mean he's like I need to go kill Venom but I say I, I don't want to get you get sorry, go on, I say sorry. you get rid of I you get rid of Shriek and Cletus is bad because you know he he's kill he's he's a serial killer and then he is he's in prison and then uh and then that's how he and Eddie meet and then of course we get Carnage through you know through the same way as how uh as how we got him in the film and then Carnage is just he's this brand new creature who does he's got the hive mind knowledge but he doesn't know anything else but you know like what what are I, the I, what are the things like what are the uh social interactions that I need to have in the human world so he just takes over and just goes on this this rampage through you know throughout San, San Francisco I think, and that's what brings Eddie and Venom back together to go well, my, defeat my, him you know so here's here's the thing to me here's the thing everything you said sure yeah i could see that happen however I think you're looking at this from the perspective of a comic guy or like I that doesn't sound like a Venom movie to me. You get what I mean? Like there's nothing goofy in there for Cletus Cassidy to do. Him going to break out his girlfriend from a super like a superhero a supervillain prison. Yeah. That is something a Venom movie would do. Like I get what you're saying, but I think that to put a pure evil serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who melts of carnage and just becomes a serial killer, does not work in a PG-13 Venom movie, specifically this dark comedic take on Venom. I think you need to make, if you want Cletus Cassidy, and I think we'd agree. I think we, you can at least agree with me here. Shriek is better than uh, Riz Ahmed's character from Venom 1, right? Yes. You know, please tell me you at least yes. agree with me there. Yeah. yeah. So... The answer, so the answer to Venom 1's issue with the villain is that we need to have a villain of personality. And yes, we have Cleese Cassidy, but as I already said to you, I don't think Carnage has a personality. And I don't think the proposal of making him fully take over Cletus and go on a killing rampage gives him a personality either. I think by allowing Cletus and Shriek to have their relationship and them both to be very goofy, like over the top villains, yes, it's a generic personality, but it is a personality that's being brought to life by two Academy Award nominated actors who are clearly having the time of their life enjoying shooting this movie. Um, so that's my, that's, that's basically my response is, yeah, sure. It could work, but I don't think it would work as well because you need to have, I think as the movie stands, when you cut away from Tom Hardy and Venom, you're going to be a little bored, but I think you can't really, I think both Naomi Harris and Woody Harrelson are giving their best here to keep you engaged. The script might not be, but I think their performance is very on point of like, we want the audience to be as into us as we, Tom Hardy is. We can't reach that much because Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy, but we're going to try. And I think it was just Woody Harrelson doing voiceover. No, those scenes would drag even more than they do. Mm. Um, so that's my defense of Shriek. Although I, do, I don't know if you want to keep going on this or if you want to I talk mean, about it or not. I mean, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I, I didn't. Like, it's not just Carnage going straight killing Rampage. You know, we would have the conflict between Cletus and Carnage be you know finally coming together it, one thing 
We could see but Carnage, Carnage isn't funny. That's the thing is Carnage isn't funny like Venom is. Shriek is goofy. Like she's had goofy character design. Right. She's a very silly superpower well, then, to be in this movie. <laughs> then if if Carnage isn't if Carnage isn't funny, then is it Cletus Cassidy that's the issue? I don't know. You know, I don't I don't I don't know. Well, that's why my the answer is make Shriek the bad dad guy of this yeah. movie, save Carnage for the third movie. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we could still get Carnage back through Extreme Carnage. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like for the multiverse. I'm. I mean, we could just bring back. We could possibly, yeah. but because like in the in the comics, um, Carnage comes back stronger. And this is, I am paraphrasing hardcore here, um, comes back stronger and he's extreme carnage. And then toxin. No. Is it? I think like toxin and venom have to both work together to defeat extreme carnage. It's yeah. So we could get an extreme carnage, but. You never know. The question is, do I want an extreme <laughs> My answer would be, I don't. Um, but that's just me. Now, let's talk about Shriek's death. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a funny scene, I think. Because, so we get this moment, you know, because Shriek's power is being loud. Which, as I said, she'd be a good adversary for Venom on her own with that power. Because that's his weakness. Um, and that gets Carnage mad that she's loud. And, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing remembering. So Venom sees this and sees Shriek's power and he goes, sound and fire. Because again, that's what the third act of this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like. Maybe a fifth of the lines are just saying sound and fire, fire and sound. Um, so he goes to, to um, Shriek and I think I thought, maybe you didn't, but I thought that he's going to be like, let's team up to get Carnage off your boyfriend because she didn't like Carnage either. But no, Venom yeets her off the top of the, the church and just kills her. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will say that, I will say that, like, way to set up expectations and then just totally shatter them. Because I was expecting, I was like, okay, I can see it right from the beginning that Shriek you know, Shriek, her thing is sound, and that's one of the things that defeats these symbiotes. So, yeah, you know, then, like you said, Venom will somehow figure out how to use use her or work with her to defeat to <laughs> defeat Carnage, and then, but yeah, brilliantly, this movie remembers that Venom and Eddie are idiots, so then that happens, <laughs> and they almost kill, like they basically kill Carnage, they kill Cletus, and those, and they almost kill themselves in this. Because it's such a bad idea. <laughs> what a, what a moment! It, it, it made me laugh so hard <laughs> that happened. Ah, uh, all right. So, what about Anne? She's great. I wanted more of her, and I remember being worried about her not being in the trailers much that she wouldn't be in this movie much. Mm-hmm. And I I did still want more of her, but. Her scenes she has are really great outside of like being a damsel in distress at the end. Yeah. But like she really has like she's so fond of this. Michelle Williams is like she has like two really big scenes and she sells both of them so well. (laughs) 
it's it was great it was i enjoyed her she was really good yeah i i thought that she like her in the first film i i wasn't really a fan of the her character of Anne in the first film and then like her in this one Anne was a much a much more well-rounded character um and she you really see how what the what role this character plays in Eddie's in Eddie's life you know honestly you really figure out that Eddie is super super codependent because when he was with Anne the like things were stable and then everything went to crap when he's by himself and then when he's with Venom it's Venom brings stability. I don't know if it's stable, but there's stability there, you know. (laughs) Um, So uh, you you could not eat brains. (laughs) So so yeah, it like yeah, and I I love I love the scene. Number one, Michelle Williams uh, sells it so well on her first scene in this film when she calls up Eddie and she's like, hey. Oh, you know, like, what are you doing? I want to see you again. And then Venom's like, oh, yeah, she wants to she wants to get back together. You know, we we have to go. We have to do this. And then they get there and then she's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm engaged. And like, I didn't, see, goes, no! I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And then Venom's like, no. And I did not see that coming. Be- you know, she played it really well. And also it, it's part of, you know, direction with Andy Serkis as well. Um, because of how he set set everything preluding, yeah, before that, yeah. Um, and then my I would say my favorite scene with her is uh when they are in the alley and Venom is yeah. is with her and uh he's demanding the apology from Eddie and everything that Eddie's saying is like everything that Anne's been wanting to hear you know, said to her. I was just glad we got another picture of sheep. We got sheep and him came back and it was just as ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also thought, yes, but um, I want to, I'll talk about that scene more later, but I also think the scene where she's talking to Miss, she's talking to Mrs. Chud. She's like, Venom, get out of her. <laughs> right? I just imagine being on set for that with just those two actors. Yeah. Michelle Williams intensely just going, Get out of Mrs. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I want to talk about Dan. Yeah. Dan, I felt like was this is this was my rant I was telling you was ahead. I thought Dan was incredibly out of character. He was a jerk. And I didn't buy it. Because in the first movie, he's very understanding of Eddie. By the end of it, he's like, he's he even after the symbiote thing happened, he's like, that was kind of cool. In this movie, he's really like, this guy's a weirdo and I don't like him. And it's like, no, that's not true. You guys were pretty chill with each other, I felt like. <laughs> like, don't... Like, I, I didn't like that aspect of him. Now, granted, in the third act, he came back around. And yeah. And was like, okay, that's the Dan I know. But initially, he was just so anti-Eddie. And I'm like, this is weird. I remember him being more pro-Eddie than Anne was in Venom 1. Yeah. And I, I that's why I liked their dynamic in the first movie. I mean... Because he was, like, wanting to be friends with Eddie. I mean that's I that was that's cool. why that's why uh, that's why Eddie and Venom slap him or punch him or whatever they do. Uh, do they knock some sense in yeah, them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they knock they, some they, sense. They, into they have him remember the first movie. Yeah, they have him remember now, the first movie. Now, now listeners need to remember that Danny did 
say that Dan was his MVP of the first Venom film. Did I? Wow, I I'm pretty sure he you is? did. I think you did. Oh, well, because I want to clarify. I think I said Tom Hardy. And then after that, we were like, all right, but who's second place? Because that's that's what you have to do with most of these movies. It's like you can't be, like the MVP is Tom Hardy. But that's a fact. You Every can't movie. Are you any the MVP yeah, of Avengers yeah. Endgame is Tom Hardy? I'm sure if we went to, ran into him at the movie theater, he was like, oh, yeah, this is a good movie. He would have been the highlight of the movie. Like, so I would love to watch him. I, Tom I Hardy. like how Danny's impression was like it sounded like somebody had a mouth full of popcorn. That is basically or it's Tom Hardy. Yeah. When he talks in a, in a lower register, yeah. Tom Hardy. You, I'm telling um, you, Danny, you would love him in Peaky, Peaky Blinders. Gotta watch well, it. Again, I would love Tom Hardy in anything. Have you seen Locke? If you haven't seen Locke, you should check out Locke. I haven't, no. I'm not going to give it to you. It's 90 minutes of Tom Hardy in a car on the phone. It's great. I'm not even... No, it is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's very tense. Um, it's called Locke. All right, listeners should know It's just that him arguing about Congress. I'm going to film 90 minutes of me sitting in my car doing monologues and send it to Danny. And I'll say that it's a great film. As long as you do it in the Tom Hardy voice, and you go like, hmm, I'm driving to the, the library. I wonder if they'll have a copy of Casino Royale. Hmm. <laughs> oh, no, they don't? Well, I guess I'll go drive somewhere else. Maybe Walgreens will have it. Hmm. Well, then I should pick up some allergy medicine for myself. Oh, well, I'm So our last go. character here is Mulligan. <laughs> What what do we Now I want to point out I you wonder why I bolded him? Why? It's because he said Shriek was easily the worst character in the movie. And I, I, I posit that Mulligan is the worst character in the movie. Ah. <laughs> I didn't, very boring I didn't character. I didn't mind him. I think that's kind of the You need somebody that's boring. I what I, Danny, listen to yourself. Like Dan is a boring character. <laughs> Mulligan. Dan is a boring character in theory, but he's fun. <laughs> so therefore, he's not boring if he's fun. Mulligan is not yeah. fun. Therefore, he is boring. And you need that when you've got flipping okay. Woody Harrelson and okay. Tom Hardy. Okay. okay. And he, Naomi Harris. Here is my counterpoint to that argument, is that you can have the strict person also be semi-ridiculous. If he was just like, yeah, well, what do you want, Eddie? Get out of my face, Eddie. Like, you know, like, if he was hyper-aggressive. So, like, imagine if you would. You okay, want here's, Ice, here's you my want ice Cube. Here's my pitch. You want Ice Cube from no, 21 no, no, Jump no. Street. I have a pitch. I have a pitch for the actor. Okay. Imagine if you would. Mulligan is the exact same character as Britain, but Charlie Day is playing Mulligan. <sighs> that is what I want. That's a that would be a better that's that would a ride. be good. That's that's a right. It would be good. It would be very good. Instead, Charlie Day said, I'm gonna do a Mario movie. It's a Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> they should have a Venom. They should have hired not Tom Hardy, they should have hired Venom to play Mario. It's a me, Mario! <laughs> Mushrooms. Yummy! Yummy! <laughs> <laughs> Fire flower, <laughs> fire sound bad. <laughs> uh, so I I like Mulligan. 
Uh, well, I don't know if it's necessarily like. I was just like, yeah, he's here. Okay. Um, ultimately, he's he's here to uh, set up uh, what looks to be our next symbiote uh, villain, which is Toxin. Um, I don't know if maybe but. in if in Venom three, if maybe we get a uh, if we get Toxin and Venom battling it out for or like the first half of the movie, and then Extreme Car- Carnage comes along and toxin and venom have uh, to beat extreme carnage i don't know my opinion but, on the cliffhanger with toxin is that um i don't think they're ever going to follow up on it considering the post credit scene i think yeah. he is a potential if the marvel sony thing doesn't work out that toxin will pop up whenever these movies are forced to be on their own again but if so i I'll be very honest. There's no way he's going to be the main villain because of the actor. The actor isn't famous enough to be the main villain of a Venom movie. And I don't think just bringing back Woody Harrelson is a hook. So Yeah. So then Venom into the symbiote verse and you bring in... I mean, we know... I don't. We don't really know, but this movie set up... They set up Null, which is the 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 god king of the symbiotes. Null is the okay. So Null um, is the hive mind. Null, you know, um, and that is like that's been set up for if Null comes back, then that's gonna be that's gonna be like Thanos level villain for. Uh, Venom. Um, so, Venom, Venom, Venom. so yeah, uh, I will say yeah, I with the multiverse opening up, we could get an anti-Venom coming along, which is kind of like a Captain America <sighs> Just give Venom Michelle Williams agent. A movie. She could be anti-Venom. She, yeah, man, she should be the main character. We've got other other symbiotes that could be in it. Let's move on. I'm yeah. done talking about these characters. The score. It was a Venom score. I mean, right? I kept I kept looking. It was Venom. I kept looking for the Venom theme. There is no real Venom theme. That's the Venom theme. So the Venom theme is like the, it goes like it's like an electric guitar. And it's like I'm Venom. That's me. Anyway. Um, yeah, the score is whatever. Now we can talk about what I'm sure everyone listening to has been expecting us to talk about the whole time. The post-credits scene. Woo-woo. Which makes us relevant to us talking about the MCU. Now, in case you haven't seen the movie, which I actually expect is a decent amount of you because I've heard a lot of people are just skipping this movie. I will recap the post-credits scene now with my impressions of Venom. Is that okay with you, Tyler? Do your I, thing. I think it's like, it's good do do your All thing. Right. So, at the end of the movie, Venom and uh, Eddie go on the run, and they're waiting. They're sitting in this very cheap hotel, and and Venom's like, "There's some next to me. That's not my. That's not Venom. No, nope. yummy. <laughs> There's some stuff about me that you don't know, Eddie. And Eddie's like, "Oh yeah, you you, you want to try me?" And Venom's like. 
What if I told you there is a hive mind that goes across the universes? And he's like, well, I, I think that's not true. And then all of a sudden, there's a flash of light. May I point out that the flash of light is clearly not Venom's thing. So this isn't Venom, like, showing off his cool thing, which is evident by his next line, where Eddie goes, did you do this, Venom? And Venom's like, no. And then on the TV, we see J.K. Simmons going, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then we get a picture of Tom Holland, uh, a stock photo of Tom Holland. Yeah, on the TV. from Getty Images. <laughs> and Venom goes, <laughs> and, and, and Venom looks at the TV and goes, that looks yummy. And then he licks the TV. And then some guy walks in the room and goes like, you're in my room. Uh, and that's, that's the post credit scene. So Venom has entered the embassy. So I, I really like... Uh... I really like this post credit scene. Um, I couldn't have wanted, I could, I could not have wanted Venom and Eddie to bounce over to the MCU in any other way. Um, we as, as goofy and ridiculous as this. Yes, and we <laughs> we establish we establish the hive mind number one, which sets up uh, stuff in the SSU to eventually have Null the king of the symbiotes um, arrive um, that sets up all kinds of stuff down the road for the SSU. And it also sets up stuff for the MCU. Um, and there is no better way to do it than how they did it um, with the hive mind and with, uh, and with what I am, I imagine is that's the moment when the multiverse, like I imagine it's the moment. Yeah. When the multiverse branched, um, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you think this is the moment? Oh no, when no. It's it's when Kang dies, or when it's Strange not. It's spell. it's not when he who remains dies. It's Strange's spell. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. Uh, I saw a point, and I agree with it. This is the point where now these post credit scenes are designed for us to be aware that we're watching the marketing for the movies because this post credit scene would make no sense if you haven't seen the No Way Home trailer, right? Um. But it also is like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because I've seen the trailer. Uh, I also think it's interesting, I said this to you off mic, that this proves why um, I remember when the moves, the delays had happened and Morbius got moved to January and this got moved to October. I was like, that's weird. I would think Venom would get the, because the January date is actually, because Martin Luther King weekend is actually a more lucrative date than um, October is in theory, especially with COVID. Um, But I was like, oh, okay, well, that's weird, but whatever. Um, But yeah, um, Instead, we get Venom, let there be carnage when it is, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry. I lost my train of thought for oh, a second. Oh, you're good. Um, but it, it need to be out before Far From Home, and we none of us knew that, it looks like. So that's exciting. I mean, no way home, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. So, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what capacity Venom will play in the MCU, if he's going to do anything in the, MC, in the MCU. Um, he may just take, he may just take Tom Holland back with him to the SSU, you know, who knows? Um, but I, but, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. And like, this is the new deal of Sony is that, all right, all of our movies have to take place to the MCU. Now, the difference is, is that you don't have to include anyone besides Spider-Man in your movies. Gotcha. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the new Sony deal. Yeah. Um, because we know Michael Keaton is in Morbius. Right. In the trailer. Or yeah. 
Um, so that could be said. And the murderer to... poster in that Morbius trailer makes sense now if that yeah. trailer occurs in in the MCU and the inclusion of vampires in the MCU. We know they're coming into the MCU with Blade. So yeah, and if they did a Midnight Suns movie like I pitched last week, mm-hmm. Morbius is actually on that team as well. Mm. Granted, I don't really like Jared Leto, so we don't need him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excuse me, that was really gross. Um, I just burped. And really you can explain. Uh, you can explain Craven the Hunter as uh, you know Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven the Hunter, and that's a little as that's Quicksilver. A weird, yeah. You can explain it as variants. So yeah, so we'll like we'll see how that we'll see how that all goes. And um, the way that you what I, I do explain that sorry. is by keeping is by either bringing in uh, Doctor Evan Strange, Peters. Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> yeah, Peters. bringing Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and that establishes him as Quicksilver, and then uh, what's his name, and then Aaron Taylor Johnson is. It's obvious that he's not the speedster; he is Craven. You know. Now, what I would also say is interesting about this post-credit scene to me is that it gets rid of a few other ideas we had about the future of the SSU and Venom, which to me, my theory was always of No Way Home and how it would connect to Venom. Wouldn't be bringing Venom into it, would be bringing Andrew Garfield back into it. Mm. Now, if Andrew Garfield is in No Way Home, which we still don't have confirmed, I had assumed that he would be the person who's in Venom 3. It'd be Tom Hardy and Andrew Garfield. Because the thing is, with right now, I'm sure you're aware of this, uh, DC is about to have multiple Batman. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton's returning as Batman. Ben Affleck's going to be in that movie as well. And of course, their new Batman is Robert Pattinson. Uh, and I think Sony, I had thought Sony had looked at that and also looked at No Way Home. It's like, all right, so we're going to use No Way Home to have Toby back as Spider-Man one time. Andrew Garfield doesn't have a franchise and he loves Spider-Man. So we're just going to bring him in on Venom and we'll have this movie like reintroduce him. Marvel can have Tom Holland. We'll have Andrew Garfield. And like that would work. Yeah. Um, however, it looks definitely like Tom Holland and Venom, Tom Hardy are going to be the relationship, which I'm okay with. Um, like whatever. Like I, I do think No Way Home is getting a bit crowded, but we'll see. Yeah. That's, a, that's an issue for that movie, not for this movie, uh, which is only 90 minutes long. So true. So, all right. Let's go into our predictions. Now, before we get into our predictions, I had a question I posited to you. I have an answer for myself. But I want to hear yours first, which is, if Venom is now in the MCU permanently, who do you want him to meet the most? Now, there is one big rule. You cannot pick Spider-Man, and you can't pick a Spider-Man-related character. Okay, I want him to meet Kurt from the Ant-Man movies. Because then okay. we would get, we'd get like, a, I, I don't want to say we wouldn't necessarily get the Baba Yaga um comment but i just think like with with how superstitious kurt is i think him like him overreacting to venom would be would be funny yep so so my answer comes from earlier today when i was discussing with someone someone was saying no one else in superhero movies are doing what tom hardy is doing in venom which i agree with i think tom hardy is giving a very weird performance i think there's only one mcu performance that can really compare to what Tom Hardy is doing. And by the MCU performance, I mean like a, a major performance in the movie. I'm not counting like Benicio Del Toro as the collector because that was really just a cameo always, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a real role. And you know who that is? It's ben Mendelsohn as Talos. 
I would like to see Venom and Talos meet up. And it'd also be really cool because I don't know if you remember The Dark Knight Rises, but Ben Mendelsohn, that was Ben Mendelsohn's first big role was in Dark Knight Rises where he plays the John Daggett. Yeah, and yeah. Tom Hardy, he has that, that scene is one of my most quotable scenes from that, like honestly from that entire trilogy where, I, where I'm like, uh, uh, your little trick on the stock exchange, it did not work, my friend. And then Tom Hardy's like, do you feel threatening? Because you're not threatening me. And he's like, what are you? We need a Ben Mendelsohn, Tom Hardy reunion. I vote a Talos and Venom movie worth Valkyrie in it too. Because we, we all know that's just, that's that's my dream pairing. We'll just throw Venom in there too. And it'll just be the best thing ever, right? I think that's fair. Talos that's and Venom, Talos. let there be Valkyrie. Tal- yeah, exactly. All right. Now, what are our actual predictions? Okay, so for the future, of, for the future of Venom, we'll, we'll put it that way. The future of Venom. I do, I do want to say that like Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, and Andy Circus gave us like we never did talk about Andy Circus, but it's okay. We're <laughs> we got a superhero film and this film doesn't pretend to be anything more than a like generic superhero not generic superhero film you know what i mean but it didn't try to be a any standalone more than that. superhero movie yeah outside of the post-credits scene. yeah it's very standalone yes and and i i love that about it um anyway so um i think venom is in no way home however i believe that he and tom holland will join forces to fight the villains we may not get a full Sinister Six setup in Spidey 3. Instead, we'll get Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Electro, Sandman, and Lizard versus Venom, Tom Holland, Spidey, and possibly the two other Spider-Men. Venom and the Spideys will win, but the No Way Home post credit scene will be the introduction of the MCU Norman Osborn, who will complete the Sinister Six team for Spider-Man, Home on the Range, a Spidey film set in the Wild West. Now, before I give you my thing, I have to give you my response on the term Home on the Range. Uh, have I ever told you this? I, I've always been confused about this. So, you know the song, Home on the Range, right? Yeah. So, there's a part of the song where you go, And seldom is her a discouraging word. Now, you know what's confused me about that line? Mm. So, most would say that it means, oh, like, a discouraging word is rarely heard, right? But I've always thought it meant that the word itself, seldom, is heard as discouraging. You shouldn't say seldom. You should say always. That is how I've interpreted that song in my whole life. Seldom itself is the discouraging word. Thank you for, for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> you know, this is the definition of trolling. You know what that sentence means. It means that seldom itself is a discouraging word. Uh, anyway. I think Venom is also in No Way Home, but I think he is the sixth member, sixth member of the Sinister Six in the film itself, which is why Doctor Strange's spell brought him there. However, I think that in the third act, Venom will join the other three Spider-Men and taking down the five villains, the remaining five villains. Afterward, Venom 3 will face either face him off or team him up with Tom Holland, because uh, I really don't think having the symbiote as the bad guy still is a good idea. Mm. Um, very bad idea. Because uh, I, I was, as I said, I was very tired with just carnage in this. Uh, I would also like to see Anne and Dan back, though. We all ship Dan times Anne, which I'm calling Dan. Uh, my my actual pitch for Venom Three would be that there isn't a villain, 
but beside society because Dan would ask Eddie to be his groomsman. Uh, and in this storyline, Dan would get to wear the senbei open finally. Dan would get to become Ven Dan or Danum. Denim. <laughs> Denim. Denim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, would you rewatch this film? I will rewatch it. As, it. Like it took me to covering Venom one on this podcast to cover to rewatch Venom one. I'm sure it will take me as long to rewatch Venom two. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it, but it can't like. I feel like if I watched Venom movies regularly, I'd start to hate them. Mm. So I don't. I don't see me rewatching them. I think I could watch. Honestly, I think I could go. I could rewatch Venom in the theaters. Again, I would see I would see Shang Chi a second time before I would see Venom two. Well, I would see, again. I would see No Time to Die or Dune before I. Well, well, yeah, I was just talking about what's in uh, in right now. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. but uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'll rewatch it. I know I'll rewatch it when it comes when it releases on uh, on DVD or DVD. I'm not buying DVDs anymore. Honestly, I feel like Venom is the type of movie that you should get on DVD. Like, it doesn't deserve It doesn't Blu-ray. deserve Blu-ray? Oh. <laughs> it's just a DVD. Um, all right. Let's do our why is awards. Okay. The MVP. Yep. Uh, I think I said that we need to disqualify Tom Hardy from these awards because, come on, like, it's, these are Tom Hardy's movies. It's Tom Hardy's world. We're just living in it. Uh, so I picked Michelle Williams. Uh, she's pretty great. Yeah, we should probably d- disqualify Tom Hardy from being any of these because when we covered the first Venom film, I wanted to put Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy as everything. Day? Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Michelle Williams is my choice. Big improvement on the first film. Really good here. Yeah. I wanted more of her. And that's the best compliment you can give someone in a movie like this is you wanted more of mm-hmm. her. Um, I'm going to go with MVP being Woody Harrelson. Um, what he did with, I thought what he did with the character, he went full out with the character and, um, really brought, brought life to the, to the opposite side of Eddie, the Eddie story, um, with him being, being one of the antagonists. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then our, you hear that dog barking? I don't hear the dog barking. Okay. Okay. Good. I'll just do it quickly so that way uh, Zach doesn't cut the sounds. Go woof woof woof. There you go. There's a dog. Oh, now I hear him. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite Nexus favorite scene. Uh, we kind of talked about the scene already. You talked about it more than I did. Uh, it's when Michelle Williams is like, "Take Venom back, Tom," and Venom's like, "I don't want to go." Yeah. He's like, "You got to butter him up." That was a great scene. Really. Mm-hmm. Scene. Um. My favorite scene is when Eddie reads the letter from uh, from Cassidy, um, and there's the animation um, really of cool. of uh, Cassidy's past, and I just thought that that scene that scene was really it had, there was a lot there was a lot to it. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, there was carnage to it. Yeah, what about there was? Uh, what about the worst scene? Oh, it's the opening. The opening scene is set in the, the past, and 
where Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris uh, voice their younger selves, even though they're clearly 12. I don't know why they didn't just have the actors voice them themselves. But no, Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris both dub over it, and it's kind of like, okay, whatever. It's a little weird. Not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that the scene was really needed also. It's covered later on. Yeah. Yeah. And the credits. Okay. So the, the credits, the, the commercials and the little, someone talked before the movie. Um, and they like thanked people for going to the theater to see, the movie they're like thank you for coming to the film but i don't even think it was anyone for from venom thanking people for going to the show so there be carnage anyways it got to that point and we had already been 30 minutes of previews and i was like okay i've drank through nearly all of my soda i've devoured half of my popcorn and <laughs> i'm like it's 30 minutes of previews for a an hour and a half movie <laughs> like this i was expecting 20 minutes and that's it so i was just like i'm going to the bathroom came back and i just i see uh naomi harris in the back of this truck and i'm like who the heck is this lady and yeah Come on. so you stop missing the beginning of these but, movies buddy yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, you missed the best I, I part, which the is worst... the, uh, the Marvel logo in these movies, which always has a big font in association with, and always manages to get a right. laugh from me before the movie even begins. Also, this movie had a new Sony logo. Uh, you missed that too. Oh, I guess when you see Ghostbusters uh, Advance, you'll have to stick around for it, or Spider-Man. Far I guess so. But anyway, right. <laughs> uh, so, worst scene for me was the transfer of. Toxin to Mulligan because it was very evident how Carnage and Cassidy became <laughs> sorry. A thing I'm just like Carnage, let there be. Where, <laughs> where, it was very obvious where Carnage and Cassidy became a thing, and it was not obvious where Toxin and Mulligan became a thing. It was just kind of like. He he just opens his eyes and he's like monsters and I'm like oh, okay and I honestly had no idea what that even was until uh, after the film and uh, I saw Felicia, Felicia's cousin was was talking to me after the film I saw him there and he was like oh yeah and that's setting up toxin and I'm like oh okay. Because the film doesn't really cover it. The film did I not make that think, clear. I think the movie, yeah. the film itself, to me, made me think like Shriek was possessing him, like her ghost. <laughs> I don't think it. That, yeah, it doesn't really exactly. seem like it's a, a symbiote at all. So it's very weird. Nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Best moment, and then best moment. The best moment is Woody Harrelson just puts puts on this. He just puts on this acting clinic where he's like, I'm going to make you feel sorry for a serial killer. And he's he's like, oh, you know, like, like, I just wanted a friend. And then Venom takes over and he's like, 
bleep this guy and eats his head off. That was just it, that right there. Just the first captured everything in the that a MCU Venom adjacent universes. <laughs> yes, unless of course we finally that, connect X Men, but we'll see. Experts connected them. We got a lot yeah. more efforts coming. Uh, Technically, tech, I mean, we possibly could. I don't count connect, Rob Boner. I don't count them. Rob Boner. Um, variants, but I'm just saying. I don't count Rob Boner. Um. So. So yeah, that to me is like I'm like that is the epitome of what a Venom film is. It's just the that little moment there is. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I talked about this a ton already, but Naomi Harris's death was so funny to me. It was it was great, great moment. Um, most disappointing aspect. I think we both talked about ours a lot here. Yeah, yeah. Shriek and the Bonnie and Clyde romance. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Bonnie and Clyde romance just didn't didn't do stuff for me. It was like all of a sudden we've got a suit, we've got a Got a dress and got to let there be carnage. Here's this church and we're getting married. And I was kind of like, whoa, like I this is a ride, I guess it's a ride. And Danny, yep, you felt the same, right? No, it's carnage. Carnage is terrible in this movie. <laughs> Cletus Cassidy isn't carnages. He doesn't. Yeah, I didn't like carnage. I'm sure you caught on to that by now in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the best surprise. Mine was um, Mrs. Chen becoming Venom for a scene. That is... Although, I want to point out, we didn't talk about the scene from this movie everyone is talking about at all, which is the bar scene. We didn't really... We, we mentioned oh, yeah. it briefly. Where Venom... I think I might have mentioned it. Uh, Venom stands up and talk, gives a big speech about how intolerance is bad, and then he drops him. And he continues to rave. <laughs> and he goes, I wish Annie was here to see this. <laughs> yeah. But but Mrs. Chen becoming Venom is definitely my best surprise here. Uh, mine is Venom accessing the hive mind because it it set up so much more. I was it surprised was, he could access it. It wasn't necessarily. Remember, he's a loser. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I'm um, a loser. <laughs> well, see. He could, I mean, he very well could, like, not have been able to access the hive mind, like, properly known how to do that. But he was overconfident and was just like, hey, guess what, Eddie? I, I'm not so much a loser. You are a loser. But, like, I've got all these great powers that you didn't know about. And then he tries to and... I mean, I don't think he's he's not the reason why they ended up in the MCU, but it's Doctor Strange. That's all, Doc Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Strange. Doctor Strange, who may not be Doctor Strange. <gasps> Gasp. He could be Venom. For Venom, Venom. We're not going to talk about the new Eminem song because it's Venom, Venom. Moses. If Venom is now, if Venom stays in the MCU. Will we get any more Eminem songs for I hope we get, for I Venom? Hope we get an Eminem song for No Way Venom, Home. Venom Eminem. Maybe there better be an, Venom, uh, an Eminem song for No Way Home. That's what we deserve. We deserve Eminem doing No Way Home. Most excited to see more of. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle and Dan's wedding smiley face. That's all I want. 
I want to see them be happily married. <laughs> oh, I like how I put Michelle. Like Michelle Williams. And Michelle Dan. Williams and the character <laughs> Dan. Or or is this Michelle Williams and Dan as in co-host of Why is the Tie and Dan? Uh, no, what if it's Dan Danny hold Vincent? On, on. What if it's Dan and Michelle as in MJ from the current spot? I don't like that age gap. That's a little weird. Um, but Zendaya Zendaya's <laughs> in her mid twenties. She can do whatever she wants. Um, that would be a very dramatic uh, twist for Venom Three. Is MJ marries Dan? So she Venom goes on revenge against Tom Holland. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm more excited to see more of symbiote lore unfolding in the SSU or the MCU. Um, Null, Scream, Silence, Toxin, Anti-Venom, Extreme Carnage. Just don't give us Werewolf Astronaut Jameson. He died in the first Venom movie, remember? Oh, wait, you didn't rewatch it this year. that's true. That might be why. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But also, but also, there's a multiverse. Of madness. And, and maybe... Maybe he comes uh, back to life. Maybe allow, he didn't really we die. Will allow Werewolf astronaut Venom. Who knows? It's a variant of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, if it's oh. J.K. Simmons as the werewolf, we'll allow it, right? I think we're okay with that. Right. Well, he has to go live on the moon. And you never know. Maybe the MCU is actually setting something up there in Falcon and the Winter Soldier when they were saying that Captain America is living on the moon. Absolutely. Maybe we're going to get. Old Man Rogers and J. Jonah Jameson, Werewolf Astronaut. (laughs) Astronaut. (laughs) All right. It's it's basically it's basically the premise of Alien, but on the moon, and it's just Old Man Rogers and Werewolf Astronaut uh, J.K. Simmons. Let there be carnage. J.J.J. Yeah. All right. I think we're done. Let there be astronauts. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1 because I'm number one. Follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd for reviews and movies, including those not in the SSU and Spunk. Uh, we'd like to thank Zach Wright like, for editing this episode. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Now, join us later this week when we finish What If. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Let there be what? <laughs> Let there be what if. I'll catch you in the next one.